Hey there, literary fans, and welcome to episode 71 of Jeff Reads' His Book. I'm your host, Jeff, and today we're reading chapter 24 of Homecoming, a book I wrote in a month. Well, if you want to get in contact with me, head on over to jeffreadshisbook.com, and right there, there are three ways you can reach me. Email, Twitter, Mastodon, if you're a big dork. Have some fun right into the show, and while you're there, why not consider buying one of the prequels to this book. That's right, folks. You can get a copy of Bringing Balance or Offworlder for the very low price of I Forgot What I Said It on Amazon. Exciting! Yes, and it's available in ebooks or in paper, you know, where they use dead trees and form it into sheets, and then they use ink and uh, they print it on the dead trees, and then they wrap all the dead tree sheets together, and then they... It's called Binding, and then you end up with a book. It's so exciting. Yes. Well, what's going on with my listeners today, huh? Anything good going on? Uh, It's hot as balls out by me right now, so I'm living indoors in the air conditioning. Uh, The kitchen renovation project is basically complete. We still need the douchebag of a city inspector to come over and approve it all. And of course he said, oh, I need the fucking electrician and plumber to be there. God damn it. That is a whole load of bullshit. But I have like a fear that this isn't going to go well or he's not going to show or we won't be able to coordinate things, but whatever. I mean, I can just live with a sheet of cardboard in my window saying we're doing a renovation, whatever. It's so dumb. I freaking hate government. Anyway, uh, that makes me sound like I'm a conservative. I just, uh, I just feel like they're out to get me. They're all, everybody's out to get me though. I mean, it's not just government. (laughs) That sounds pretty paranoid. As you can tell, I'm not in like the best moods today. Know why it's just too much cleaning today or whatever oh. mm. but i got some booze which you just heard me drink so why don't we just start talking about the dumb book right uh today we're reading chapter 24 it is 61 lines Ooh, pretty short still by this book standards actually uh glenn and justin well actually i think it was justin directly had suggested, uh, you know, previous uh, guest host on the podcast, he had actually suggested that uh, we do like a um, remote Zoom podcast episode and uh, he and Glenn could be on it again. Uh, but the problem is with this book, the all the friggin' chapters are so stupidly short. What, am I going to have him on to read 10, 15 lines of a chapter? That sucks. So I'm trying to sort out. He was suggesting, uh, you know, chapter 25 would be a good milestone, but I'm going to look and see if there's like a longer one coming up in the next couple weeks. Uh, There might be. I don't know. We're going to have to see. But it would be better if we could each read like a little bit more. You know what I mean? I don't know. That would be better. But uh, this one's short, just like everything else we've read, right? I feel like there was one long one in there somewhere. Eh, all right. Uh, I do have, you could tell by my tone that I did write down is it's exciting. <laughs> and we're going to get lots of Henry in this chapter. So if you're a big Henry fan, which I'm guessing nobody is, you're going to get to see a lot of them. All right. All right. I can tell my voice is like dripping with just, I don't know, 
bad mood, whatever, whatever. I, I gotta cheer up. And you know what'll help? Some bourbon. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess let's just start. You get to hear what kind of bourbon I have. That's probably everybody's favorite part of the stupid podcast. Am I right? <laughs> wow. I sound so fucking pissed. I am sorry, people. But I guess why don't we just go ahead and dive in to chapter 24. So for today's episode, I am sipping on a uh, nice glass of Evan Williams, the regular kind, on the rocks. Ooh. Mmm. Now, I will say, um, regular Evan Williams, not my favorite, but I don't know. I was feeling, like, extra cheap this week when I stopped at the liquor store. I was, I don't know. I wasn't in the mood for that either. <laughs> I'm just fucking annoyed. Anyway, I wasn't in the mood for being at the liquor store. I wasn't in the mood for buying liquor. So I bought some Evan Williams. Um, I bought the liter bottle, though. So that was, uh, you know, like 15 bucks. Evan Williams is cheap as dirt. So it's not, like, my favorite whiskey. It's not bad, though. It's still you know, straight bourbon. That's what you got to look out for, right? It's got to be straight, but I'm having it on a little ice, waters it down a bit, makes it very tasty. It's kind of refreshing in this godforsaken hellhole that I call, what, summertime. Oh, it is so miserable outside. Fuck this. I did go out to my car looking for a mask, you know, that I have to wear when I am exposed to this hellhole that we, or this hell world. I think that's what people are saying. And, uh, it's starting to rain, but it hasn't rained here in like two or three weeks. It sucks outside. Fuck this. All right. So we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to have a short chapter and I am going to sip whiskey the whole time. Let's do this. Mm. Mm. I should make it a paragraph by paragraph thing. Am I right? Okay. Here we go. Oh, what the hell? Henry cursed as he found himself in a cavernous, dimly lit room. He had been sitting in a chair, nursing his sore ankles a moment ago, and now his ass hurt from falling two feet from the chair to the stone floor on which he found himself. I don't know if ass was the right word, but I guess it's kind of like his inner monologue, and he probably would say that, but bum bum might have been nicer. (laughs) Patterns and symbols were carved into the otherwise smooth but sandy surface and the ceiling seemed to form a dome of sorts. It actually just says a dome F sort. (laughs) Arrival on the floor, a yell went out in the distance. Henry wasn't sure who had spoken, but he thought it best to take a wait-and-see approach for the time being. Five people approached from the distance, a ma ma and woman who weren't obviously armed, and three black-clad soldiers behind. I'm guessing, again, that's man. Wow, this chapter is coming up, it was starting hot with the spelling errors, huh? Um, doot, doot, doot. He decided to wait on the ground. Yes, we already know that. He decided to wait on the ground until they were upon him. And who are you? The woman asked when they arrived close to him. She appeared to be about his age, but her sharp face looked at him with an uninterested glare. She, he assumed she was a mage of some type by the way she moved her fingers at her side. She asked for your name, the younger man beside her, said the younger man beside her. <laughs> Henry immediately sized him up to be a mage who had completed his training but had never actually been challenged. 
he seemed a bit too confident. I'm Art, Henry lied. Art Vandelay. Where am I? Oh, who gets that? That's a Seinfeld callback. Wow, that's pretty sweet. That was George's fake name all the time in the show. That's good. That's smart by Henry to use that. Mm. Mm. Sorry, we're doing bourbon right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I gotta make um, dinner rolls after this, and uh, hopefully I'm not, like, trashed for them. I didn't take that much whiskey. I'm just kidding. All right. Blop, 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 blop. Why were you targeted? Why are you here? The woman asked sternly. Some friends and I were just poking around at some mining site, spelled wrong, he explained. (laughs) They told me about some ancient architecture they wanted to see. The woman glared down at him without speaking, and he wondered if perhaps his lying was worse than he thought. Are you a mage, she asked. Henry thought it best not to lie. I have some training, yes. Very well, bring him to the cells, she commanded. Should I have said that more harshly? Very well, bring him to the cells, she commanded. Squinting at him, she said, Report that we've captured Art Vandelay. As the guards pulled him up, he asked, Where are we right now? You'll be told shortly, she said. You're safe, and we mean you no harm. Seems like uh, an unlikely proposition. All right. (laughs) Henry was led from the cavernous space by the two mages who strode silently in front of him and the three guards, one of which had a pike pointed directly at his kidneys. He saw no point in resisting at this time. Walking down a short hallway that appeared to be hewn directly from the rock, Henry found himself in a drastically smaller room where a man sat behind a desk. Ugh. You know, leave it to me to, like, fucking gum up this exciting scene with paperwork and desks and receptionists. Ugh. More guards stood in the room at attention, all in black, with subtle spirals on their chest. Ooh, they're the bad guys. Name, the man at the desk asked. Before Henry could answer, the woman replied, Oh, the woman came with him? I thought, thought like, wait, I didn't think she came with. Uh, where is this? Um, she commanded... Um, I don't know, where did I read that? God damn it. Um... She says, very well, bring him to the cells, she commanded. Squinting, as she said, report that we've captured Art Vandelay. So she thinks he's lying, which is, that's nice. But, um, what do I want to say? The way she commanded them to take him to the cells makes it seem like she's not coming with them. You know what I mean? All right. Let me see. All right, so we were back at the desk filling out paperwork. Yay! Name, the man at the desk asked. Before, I'm going to have a drink. Fuck, this is a bad episode, guys. <laughs> oh, this is bad. Mm. You know, just before this started, I was looking up, like, uh, old video game companies for some reason. I can't remember what I saw. 
Um, but I wanted to look up Accolade. Does anybody remember Accolade? I remember them from, like, I mean, they made games for, like, you know, all the 90s video game systems. But I remember their, like, MS-DOS games, like uh, Test Drive and, um, well, I was looking at them. So now I know there's, like, Fight Night and Hardball. But they had, like, such classy covers. It was all, it always said the name real small in the center of the box, and it would say, like, Test Drive accolade it was really cool it was some cool packaging they used to have i have none of their stuff though as far as i know i used to have the games like on floppy i mean i guess i still do i have all my floppy disks but i play like test drive and that kind of shit on my crappy ass computer back then i guess it wasn't that crappy if i was playing test drive it was a color screen so that was that like expensive 486 my dad bought oh god that cost like three thousand dollars it was pretty fucking bitchin'. He didn't get the math coprocessor. <gasps> oh my god. But anyway, um, I used to play a lot of MS-DOS games on there. That was fun. I feel like an asshole saying MS-DOS. I should just say DOS, you know. But all right, all right, all right. So I was looking that up, and I thought that would make my mood better. But here we are. Let's see. Okay. Um, blup, 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 blup. Okay, let's start reading again. We're going to start. They're at a desk. Okay. Um, guards. Yep. Okay. Name, the man at the desk asked. Before Henry could answer, the woman, woman ap- replied, Art Vandelay, prisoner, magic abilities, level... She trailed off, eyeing him suspiciously. The cocky younger man poked him, and Henry felt a bit of a zap. Rather than fighting back, he played along. Ow, what was that? he asked, rubbing his chest and frowning. Level one, if that high, the younger man announced, spelled wrong. Good lord, this chapter's bad. The secretary at the desk filled in a form and pulled another book from a small pack. Starting to flip through them, he asked, Cooperative? So far, the man, so far, the woman said, All right, block 27B, training in two hours, the man at the desk said as he wrote. He tore off a stub and handed it to the cocky mage in front of Henry. You take him, I'll wait for now. Wait for what? You take him, I'll wait for now, the woman said, seeming tired. You take him, I'll wait for now, the woman said, seeming tired, like Jeff reading this book. Henry guessed they had to do this. For a long shift. Alright, I mean, okay. That's a weird way to describe that. Henry, it should be like, Henry guessed she had a long shift and was exhausted. Something like that, you know? Or, you know, maybe make it like uh, equivalent to something in his world that the readers might be able to kind of, what do I want to say, have some empathy, sympathy, whatever. Who gives a shit? (sighs) Ah. I'm going to have some more bourbon. (laughs) Mm. Um, Where were we? Okay. All right. Uh, Henry guessed they had to do this for a long shift. What training? Henry asked. Shut up, the younger mage said, smacking him in the back of the head. Hugo, please, the woman scolded. Hugo, please, the woman scolded. Turning to Henry, she said rather kindly, We'll just be explaining why you're here and whether you're willing to help. 
I don't want to be any trouble, Henry said innocently. You'll be fine, she said, before turning away. Hugo, as he now knew the younger mage was named, began walking out of the room, and the guard pushed him from behind to follow. And that ends chapter 24! Well, I think I might have oversold the, quote, excitement in this chapter. Uh, It wasn't nearly as exciting as I thought, I guess. See, I mean, Henry got captured by some magical force that put him in a cavern. And you know how I thought, like, this cavern is... I don't remember. Did it say anything like it was like a domed ceiling? I feel like it might have. I'm not going to check, because who cares? I always pictured it like, um, was it... Life, the universe, and everything where Zaphod goes in that machine that shows him him himself with respect to the rest of the universe. And it's supposed to make you feel like it's supposed to destroy your ego, but it didn't do it to him because apparently he was a big deal. But that was like a big dome. That's what I'm thinking of. (laughs) I remember the uh, amusement park by uh, where I grew up was, um, well, it wasn't that near to me, because I guess it was up in New Hampshire, maybe? Um, but Canopy Lake Park, still there, they built, uh, kind of towards the end of when we would go, it was a scrambler, I believe, just, you know, the regular scrambler ride, but they built, like, a dome over it, so it was, like, pitch black inside, and they'd, you know, blast lights at you and stuff. It was kind of fun. I think it added a lot more to the scrambler experience, which in reality, is one of my favorite, like, carnival rides, you know? something Of the rides that can be placed on a truck, Scrambler might be my favorite. (laughs) I don't know, I I don't get, like, uh, usually those rotating rides, I get dizzy and need to vomit later, but Scrambler doesn't do that to me. I think it's because there's two rotations going on. Anywho... Uh, that was in a dome, like a geodesic dome, and it was pretty awesome. Yeah, the last time I was there, wow, huh, Canopy Lake was probably late 90s while I was maybe in college. Good God. And uh, I think I went, I think it was one of the companies my dad worked for. I won't say on the air because... Um, a certain large electronics company from Nippon might not appreciate it. (laughs) But uh, it was like their, you know, company day there. But it was like really underwhelming in a way because uh, the previous times we had gone, it was uh, when he worked for Digital. Oh, oh, should I uh, obfuscate that? A company whose corporate name started with the word Digital (laughs) would rent the whole park for like three or four days. And I remember standing in this, like, uh, big, like, picnic ground, and they would have, like, uh, stands going around. You'd go through and get your meal. For some reason, that's what I think of when I eat, like, uh, corn on the cob, was going to the digital, like, company day at Canopy Lake Park. That's so stupid. But we went later because his company did that, but it was a much smaller company in that area, I guess. So, you know, they didn't rent the park. They just gave you tickets to the park, and everybody went that day. And it was fun, but they gave us an extra ticket, or one of my sisters couldn't go. I don't remember the details, so I brought one of my friends, Nick, with us. So I think we might, I might actually have a photo album with me and Nick standing in line 
for the scrambler that's inside a dome, which totally relates to this book because that's where Henry ended up <laughs> in a dome. That was so goddamn rambling. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Let's bring it back. Okay. Let's try to tighten this up. Um, I'm feeling a little better right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. Hmm. Maybe my mood is brightened somewhat. I'm going to make some bread, some dinner rolls from scratch after this. And nothing like makes me more pleased than seeing yeast like do its job. And I think that's why I like making beer, which again, I haven't done in like three years. But I should. It's so fun. So fun! Okay. Anyway, uh, so I'm in a little bit of a better mood. But uh, So he's like finds himself in a dome they're gonna take him to some cells but then they said he has training in two hours so what do you say what what do you call this when you capture somebody and then make them work for you i guess that's just slave labor but i'm more thinking that these the way they said things was kind of implying they wanted you to like buy into their philosophy too does that make sense I don't feel like that happens, like, in real life, so I guess it's just in this stupid book. Maybe, like, Luke Skywalker, he was captured, but he was, you know, they were trying to turn him, right? So, yeah, I mean, I guess I don't think I can really equate this book to Star Wars, whatever. All right, so Henry got captured. What do you think Margot's thinking about? <gasps> oh my god! That's not one of the discussion questions, but it would have been a better one than the ones I wrote. Okay. So, let's get to discussion questions, because I am rambling like nobody's business. And this isn't a good episode. Do you think this is a good episode? Write in if you think it's a good episode. You know where the fuck to go. JeffReadsBook.com. Jesus Christ. All right. All right. Let's do this. Okay. First discussion question. So... I believe that um, Henry's choice of Art Vandelay was a good choice, especially in the world of magic. Not too many people going to get the Art Vandelay reference, so I'm very impressed with that, okay? So when somebody asks you for a name, what is your go-to fake name? I, I actually have one. My fake name is Mike Daniels, and uh, that really goes way back in time to when I was in college. Let's go back late 90s again. And uh, I was in a fraternity, and a couple kids that were the same age as me, they came up with this insane scheme to make up a kid who was rushing our fraternity. I, it was so stupid. So Mike Daniels was one of the rushing, one of the kids rushing the fraternity. Didn't exist. They wrote him down on every event. On the you know you had to sign in. That's right. Rushing fraternities is both like what insanely stupid because you're just it's just college kids we're all dumb and uh, also like uh, a substantial amount of paperwork right so they would always write in mike daniels as attending and i remember the highlight was during one rush meeting one of the brothers of the fraternity i just did quotes um I mean, I guess that's their term. They're brothers, whatever. Uh, he he said that he talked to Mike Daniels at the party and he thought he was a good dude. <laughs> Everybody was like, what the fuck? <laughs> it was great. So I still use Mike Daniels as my fake name. Uh, I think when uh, they finally tear down like one of Case Western Reserve University's uh, I don't know, medical buildings maybe? 
You could, uh, I think it was at my graduate school graduation, they had like an I-beam you could sign, and they were going to build it into the building, so it would be there forever. So, of course, I ran right in there and wrote Mike Daniels ZBT 2000. <laughs> I was like, yeah! <laughs> it was pretty killer. So, yeah. And uh, that's it. That's my fake name. I guess I would give uh, Richard Cranium every now and then when I was in college, because... Sometimes the dining hall computers would fail, so you had to give your name on a list. I don't know why that was. Okay, but um, yeah, so I would use Richard Cranium a lot, but that one's a little obvious at this point. I feel like it's old, too. Is that like a Jerky Boys thing? Uh, I miss the Jerky Boys a little bit. Just a little bit. Like, when I play video games, uh, my screen name is still Sizzle Chest, because that was something the Jerky Boys used. So that is another fake name I use, right? Sizzle Chest, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, write in with your fake name. Art Vandalay, Mike Daniels, give me some more. I need some more fake names. What are you using? I don't even, actually, if you can think of, like, a reason you'd use a fake name, because I feel like as I get older, using fake names becomes less viable. I don't know. I did hear a tip, though. If you go to the emergency room, like, if you're just sick... You can go to the emergency room, and you give them a fake name, and when they ask to see ID, you say you didn't bring it because you were scared you were going to die, and they're still forced to treat you, but they can never bill you. So, uh, that's definitely the way to go. (laughs) All right, all right. So, you should always have that fake name ready to go, right? Okay. Question two. Uh, Okay, so we'll remember that uh, that one woman kept what do I want to say? Eyeing Henry suspiciously after he said Art Vandalay. Does she know that he's lying? Ooh, so exciting. Yes. So, uh, what, what are your thoughts on that, huh? That's kind of a, well, did I give it away as a plot point? That kind of answers the question. That sucks. <laughs> what do you, what are your opinions? Now, when I say it gives it away as maybe a plot point, that's not fair. Because I regularly forget to follow through on, like, aspects of the book or things that might be plot points. I just don't even mention them again. So there's always that chance. So maybe it isn't a plot point, huh? Ooh, but I already said it was. So what do you think? Does she know he's lying? Uh, My guess is probably. I don't know how she'll know or if she did know or why Hugo, our new named character, doesn't know. Whatever. Uh, And speaking of Hugo, let's go to question three of our discussion questions. Question three. Were you ever cocky like Hugo? Hugo thought Henry was like a chump, like poking him in the the, uh, chest. Now I'm concerned his name's not Hugo. Let me go check. We're going to bring up the uh, old story file. Bloop, 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 bloop. Chapter 24, Art Vandalay, woman. Hugo, as he now, yes, okay. Yeah, were you ever like that level of cocky? I feel like, um, what do I want to say? Which job? Right out of college, right, I was at a defense contractor, okay? Uh, that's not, I, I think I've called them a defense contractor before, so whatever. All right, I was, you know, getting a little sick of, you know, helping the government kill brown people. So I moved on to a second job. And it was at a uh, medical software company that made software that 
honestly didn't work at all, and they don't exist anymore, and I've also brought them up before. But I remember thinking, like, well, I got hired by them, and I was, you know, an okay programmer. I'm still, like, an okay computer programmer. Maybe a little better than okay. I think you get that, what, that imposter syndrome where you think you suck. Has anybody else heard of that? I know what imposter syndrome is because I definitely suffer from it. But I brought it up with Laura, and the lovely Laura had never heard that term. But it's a thing where you think you're just, like, faking it. You're not as good as everybody around you, and they're going to find out, and you'll be fired. So I have, like, a hardcore case of imposter syndrome. And, uh, okay, but let me, all right, let me think about this. So I'm an okay programmer, I'll say. I would say mid-range. Let's, I work on something that's, I guess, high level, but it's not, I don't know, it's not all it's cracked up to be, and I'm, you know, pretty mid-range. Okay. Back then, though, you know, I was going into a job at a medical software company with a lot of, like, people who had computer science degrees, and I came from a defense contractor with a lot of people who were, like, finishing their freaking career there. You know what I mean? Long-timers, they were old, they were demanding we use the same, like, uh, what do I want to say, programming techniques they always had. Because newsflash, all you ever do as an engineer is program. I think one person at that company, who Glenn, um, you know, just incidentally happens to hate, (laughs) but he once described our jobs as we're just, all we do for a living is do integrations. And you might think like, oh yeah, like combining parts. No, no, no. no. It's like uh, the algebra integrations. All we were doing is integrating, like that math term. It's the opposite of derivative. Oh, ugh. That's all we ever did at, there, at that job, or any job, I guess, kind of, in a way. We always integrated. Yeah, it was very stupid. But um, what the fuck? Where was I going with this? So when I got to my new job, I was kind of psyched because it had a lot of younger people at it. So, And I even remember saying this to my dad. Like, oh, it's so good because they don't have, like, you know, like, uh, people who are, like, stuck in their ways or, or uh, you know, really, like, obstinate about changing things. And he was like, you mean they don't have anybody my age? And I, I remember how bad I felt when he said that to me because he was totally right, 100% right. It was just like, oh, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And on top of that, at this new medical company job, there was an older guy there um, who was, I don't remember what his job title was, but I remember he'd tell me that what the programmers were writing was not going to work. It was a terrible idea. It wouldn't work. They needed to stop right now. They were wrong. And I kept just saying, no, 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 just calm down. It's going to work fine. You're wrong. You're wrong. They're right. Let's just watch. He was completely right. It was just... He was, he was right. He was just totally right. I, he was warning us about, like, I don't know how many files we're writing to disk or something like that. And I remember a, after I quit, because I quit that job, they sucked there. They were really bad. Oh my God, they were really bad. But uh, after I quit, and I actually went, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. After I quit, um, one of the doctor's practices that used the software, the computer crashed. Not like something uh, something happened, but it crashed. That's fine. It, the, so the server rebooted, and it took it, I believe, two weeks to reboot because it was 
Because because of what those young programmers did, I was just appalled when I heard that. But not surprised. They sucked. Anywho, that was a very long-winded story. That was an example, though, when I was telling my dad that, you know, I'm at this job and there's no old people there. You know, I was I was that level of cocky at that point. I was very cocky, like I knew everything, and I clearly didn't. I was a dumb piece of shit. Ugh. Not anybody at that company thought I knew everything. So I think that was a little bit of a humbling experience, but I feel like I was that cocky. I don't think I've been that cocky about much else in my life, though. It's hard to think. Uh, what else? Uh, I mean, I obviously like sometimes show off, but I don't know. I don't think it's that level of I know best. Yeah, but obviously my dad put me in my place on that incident. So that really, you know, set me correct. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So, yeah, right in with another like uh, incident where you felt you were cocky as hell. There was a time I think this has actually been on the podcast where I was um, trash talking somebody in intramural soccer in college. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I was trash talking. And I was just like, go ahead, shoot. You're not going to get around me. Go ahead, take a shot, take a shot. He took a shot, and one of my fucking teammates knocked it into the goal. I was so pissed. And then I just looked like an asshat after that. But, ah, that's that's par for the course. Why is it... All right, based on, like, this cocky discussion, don't you guys ever feel like... Sometimes I feel like I remember a lot of the negative things I do. They, like, seem to stick around and just haunt me forever. And that's one of them. God, that sucks. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, I think that about wraps up this Bad Mood podcast. Good Lord, this is a bummer. And I think, like, the the chapter took up, what, maybe nine minutes of this whole thing? And we're at, like, 35 at this point. God damn. Well, if you have any answers to these discussion questions or you want to, you know, refer me to a psychologist, you can uh, write into the show. Go over to jeffreadsbook.com and uh, right there, there's three links. You can hit me up on email at jb, or oh my God, I almost did the old one. What the fuck's wrong with me? Jeff at rainbow-100.com. Or if you're on Mastodon because you're a huge nerd, you can hit me up at jeff at toot dot rainbow dash 100.com again these are all on the stupid website and if you want to hit me up on twitter you can go over to fortran jeff yeah yeah well i do want to apologize if i've been in a bad mood or if i'm rambling too much because i finished that pretty fucking tall glass of whiskey pretty quick and i think that's affecting what i'm saying (laughs) and there's just a little bit more left So, I guess that about wraps it up. Hopefully next week's will be a little more, like, uh, lively. And we're going to get, for sure, uh, Justin and Glenn as guest hosts. Maybe, yeah, they'll have to be remote at this point. I hope they have good mics. I mean, uh, they have, like, gaming headsets, because I've heard them play games, obviously. That should be good enough, don't you think? Ooh, and how do I record the Zoom call? And oh, god damn, this is gonna be hard to set up. What am I agreeing to this for? I gotta find a good chapter for him. Why don't we all just go to the chapters right now and we'll look? Okay, so that one was like sixty lines. So we probably want something longer than sixty lines. So the next chapter is gonna be short as balls. Chapter twenty-six is gonna be. 
see here. Like, like 70 lines. We can't have a 70 line chapter for these people. Okay, the next one's even shorter. It's like 20 lines. Chapter 28's looking promising. Oh, it's still not even 100 lines of text. Oh my god. How about chapter 29? Oh my god, it's short as balls. Chapter 30. Okay. 3560. Oh my god, it's 40 lines. Alright, 3610 to... 70, 70 lines? Is that good? All these chapters are shockingly short. Oh. Chapter 33 looks promising, maybe. 34. I don't know. What do you guys think? Why, write into the stupid show and tell me when we should have guest hosts. Uh, the lovely Laura probably isn't going to come back on the show. I tried to force her last book. She didn't really want to. So, what are you going to do? That's cool. I get it, because this is a bad podcast. I wouldn't want my name associated with it. Glenn and Justin, I don't know what they're thinking. All right. So we're going to find a chapter for them to read, but uh, I don't think it'll be next week. That one seemed really short, but uh, maybe we can work something out. I don't know. So until next time, keep on reading. Keep on reading.